0: It's that time again. Welcome back to another episode of The Lord of the Storm. I am your genial Bible reading friend, Dan Parr, and today the reading comes from Romans three. You can turn there now. If you find yourself needing a Bible, let me strongly recommend mine. It's the easy to understand and read Bible that's available on amazon.com. Hardback, ebook, audio, we've got it all. Just search for Dan Parr and you'll find it. Jews or Gentiles, who is better? Law versus grace, which are we under? Yesterday, we talked about judging. So today, it only seems appropriate that we'd put it into practice and have this conversation. Let's ask God to bless today's reading. Father, thank you for the privilege of reading your word. As we turn to it now, we recall you telling us that it is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword. Guide our discussion, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Romans 3. Then what advantage does the Jew have, or what is the value of circumcision? Much in every way, because first of all, they were entrusted with the revelations of God. What if some were unfaithful? Will their lack of faith cancel God's faithfulness? Never! Let God be found true, but every man a liar. As it is written in the Psalms, that you will be proven true in your words and will succeed when you come into judgment. But if our unrighteousness makes the righteousness of God shine, what will we say? Is God unrighteous then in inflicting wrath? I am speaking like men think here. Of course not. If that were so, how could God judge the world? For if God's truth is glorified by my lie, why am I also still judged as a sinner? Why not, as we are slanderously reported to have said, let's do evil so that good may come. Those who say this will be rightly condemned. What then? Are we better than they? No, in no way. For we previously warned both Jews and Gentiles that they are all under sin's power. As it is written in Psalms and in other places, there is no one who is righteous. No, not one. There is no one who understands. There is no one who seeks after God. They have all turned away. They have together become of no value. There is no one who does good. No, not even one. Their throat is an open tomb. With their tongues, they have used deceit. The poison of vipers is under their lips. Their mouth is full of cursing and bitterness. Their feet are swift to shed blood. Destruction and misery are in their ways. The way of peace, they haven't known. There is no fear of God before their eyes. Now, we know that whatever things the law says, it says to those who are under the law, that every mouth may be silenced and all the world may be brought under the judgment of God. Because by the works of the law, no one will be justified in his sight. For through the law comes the knowledge of sin. But now, apart from the law, a righteousness of God has been revealed, being spoken of by the law and the prophets. This is the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe. For there is no distinction, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus whom God sent to be an atoning sacrifice through faith in His blood for a demonstration of righteousness through the passing over of prior sins, and God's mercy and provision to demonstrate His righteousness now, that He is just and justifies whoever has faith in Jesus. Where then is there room for boasting? There isn't. What law or works can save people? There is only the law of faith. We state then that a person is justified by faith alone not by works of the law. Or is God the God of Jews only? Isn't he the God of Gentiles also? Yes, of Gentiles also. Since there is only one God who will justify the circumcised and uncircumcised by faith, do we then nullify the law through faith? Never. Instead, we establish the law. All right, do you have it figured out yet? Are Jews better than Gentiles or are Gentiles better than Jews? Yeah, it's neither. (laughs) Paul does a great job in this chapter, really putting everyone equally on the same playing field. Jews are no better than Gentiles, and the Gentiles are no better than the Jews. To help his Jewish brothers and sisters, he reaches back into Psalms, which they would know well, and he reminds them, there is no one who is righteous, no, not one. And this, of course, means our own natural unredeemed state trying to obtain righteousness apart from God. We just can't do it. He lays it out clearly in this chapter that all of us, Jews and Gentiles alike, are all sinners in need of the Savior. There aren't enough good deeds we can do to make up for the fact that we have broken God's righteous requirements for salvation. At some point in our lives, all of us have lied, cheated, stolen, lusted, or blasphemed. And it doesn't matter if you've done it 1,000 times or only one time. Once you've broken the law, there isn't a way you can fix it on your own. He says in verse 23, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. So it doesn't matter what the religious heritage or upbringing is, if you broke in any of God's laws, even once you're guilty and marked for punishment. And that's a scary thing to know that an all-powerful, righteous, holy God is going to hold us accountable for our actions. But that's what makes the good news of Jesus so good. In the verses right after 23, Paul tells us that we are, justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God sent to be an atoning sacrifice through faith in his blood for a demonstration of his righteousness through the passing over of prior sins in God's mercy and provision to demonstrate his righteousness now that he is just and justifies whoever has faith in Jesus. And that's also why Paul says there is no room for boasting. Having your sins forgiven and being made right with God is a gift, and it's available to everyone, Jew or Gentile. I know most of you who tune in on a regular basis have already surrendered your lives to Jesus and taken Him up on His incredible offer to exchange your sins for His righteousness, but if you haven't, let me just beg, plead, implore you to do so. It's as simple as telling God, you know that you've broken His law and are truly sorry, and that you want Jesus' sacrifice to be your sin substitute, and that by His grace you will give your life to Him and do your best with His help to live for Him. The words you say aren't that important. The thing is, you have to mean it. Once you make that confession, start talking to Him, reading your Bible. He'll guide you on the next steps. You just have to take the first step. Let's pray. Father, we are so grateful that you make the offer of salvation open to everyone without qualification. We know we could never achieve the righteousness you require, so you made it possible for us to achieve it through our faith in Jesus and what he has done for us on the cross. For the one listening who doesn't know you, go to them and be in their thoughts day and night and help them to see their need for you. We ask it all in Jesus' name. Amen. And with that, we wrap up chapter three of Romans. If you've made a decision today to follow Christ and are asking, well, what now? Shoot me an email at erubible at gmail.com and I'll send you a resource to help you get started. Thanks for listening today. God bless.